Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever been part of an organization or a team that had someone who just seemed to complain about everything? They'd complain about the boss, the work schedule, the holiday party, and the printer. The worst part is that these people are good at getting others to join them in their complaints. This is no different from what goes on in the church as well. Today, Pastor Jim encourages you to be a person who brings encouragement and a positive impact to the church family that God has called you to. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 as he begins his message, The Making of the Lord's Servant. The Apostle Paul does not have long to live. He's in prison in Rome, and soon he will be executed by the Roman Empire. Uh, he's writing a letter to Timothy, his young protege, and sometimes 2 Timothy is known as the Apostle Paul's swan song. Timothy has been pastoring in Ephesus, a place where the Apostle Paul had been for a while, and the false teachers there and the false leaders in the congregation, which the Apostle Paul warned them would rise up from among them when he departed from them, have been a real problem, and he sent Timothy up there to fix the problems. But it hasn't been going so well for Timothy there because it's a stubborn lot of people. You don't know any stubborn people, do you? No? No? Okay, just checking. I like that. Some of you are pointing at yourselves. That's very good. That's very good. Not really, but very good. <laughs> at least you know it. So, but when things are, are going poorly, it's easy to doubt in the promises of God, isn't it? And it's also easy to wonder, did I do something wrong? Maybe these are the consequences of what I have done. And what the Apostle Paul does for Timothy in this section of the letter, before he moves into looking ahead to the latter days, is he kind of steadies the ship, and then he drops an anchor for Timothy. And he's like, these are the things that are going on in the church. These are the things that you have to keep your eye out for. This is how you react to those things, but this is also how you don't react to those things. And he tells Timothy and he tells us essentially to avoid idle babblings. And he says, we, we saw this last time, they're just gonna ruin you, they're gonna ruin others around you, and it's gonna be a big waste of time. The Apostle Paul told Timothy to continue properly teaching the word of God. He called out, two false teachers or false leaders by name, and they, they were guys that had strayed from the gospel, and then he used the example from the Old Testament of Korah, who was in Moses' time, and Korah had a large group of people, about 250 people plus that were following him. He seemed to be a successful leader, but he was against Moses and Aaron, that's number 16 if you're taking notes, and it's often... You know, easy for us while we're trying to be faithful to see people who are not faithful at all. They seem to be succeeding, but they're really not. And remember that God sees all. And so God judged them for their rebellion against God's chosen leaders. Remember the miracle we said that he did? He just, they just, God just opened the ground and they just fell in the ground and then the ground covered them over. I've been working on that one for 18 years here at Pastoring the Church, but I haven't gotten to it yet. So I'm relying on you guys for, to be the eyes and ears of these things. But they were not successful leaders, and their refusal to turn from wickedness was the problem that they found themselves in. So we left off uh, 
Two weeks ago, we had a missionary here last week with the Apostle Paul beautiful statement in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, where he says, nevertheless, where the idea is be certain, the solid or firm foundation of God stands, having this seal or this inscription, the Lord knows who are his. And that's actually a quote from number 16 and Korah's rebellion. Uh, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Uh, some of your versions say abstain or turn away from wickedness. Uh, turn away from false teachers, turn away from false leaders, turn away from false faith, or all of those things will ruin your faith. Next, he moves us into being faithful in the teaching of Jesus and the apostles uh, to its effects, and we saw the effects of it at the end of verse 19, that we would turn away from iniquity or wickedness. And he, he turns us to living a life that pleases God. Something, unfortunately, that a lot of Christians don't, in this day, they don't even really give much credence to. They just want to like, how's God going to make me happy? How's he going to make everything wonderful for me? And, and they, don't, they, don't, they don't give a lot of thought to it. And sometimes actually even living for God, they seem like they want to avoid it. And so I've entitled tonight's message, The Making of the Lord's Servant. The Making of the Lord's Servant. So he says, verse 20, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Some of your versions say uh, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. Verse 21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, that would be the dishonorable, uh, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So you read that stuff, those are those Bible verses you read, and you're like, what in the world is he talking about here? And so what we're talking about here is, after calling out the false teachers in Ephesus, using the rebellion of Korah with Moses as an example, he gives an illustration to Timothy about what he's talking about. And he begins with a great house. Just think of someone who's very rich, has this massive, massive house. And he says, in this great house, there are, there are vessels, there are, there are dishes. And uh, he talks about them being of, of gold and of, of silver. But we might say there's, there's beautiful china and there's paper plates, okay? And so he's kind of saying to you, what do you want to be? Do you want to be something that, that when, it's, when it's done, you know, you're very carefully cleaned and you put back on the shelf, or you just want to be thrown in the trash? And so that's kind of what he talks about. And he seems to me he's making the connection between, uh, to the church between the foundation of verse 19 and now in verse 20, he actually takes a look inside the church. So he's telling us inside the church, there's gonna be people who are, if you will, golden, and there's gonna be some paper plates. I mean, he uses the term. He just also says some for honor, some for dishonor. Some, for gold, some are gold, some are silver, but some are wood and some are clay. Uh, we might ask the question, why are there false believers in the church? Answer, Jesus said there would be. Jesus said there would be. He said there'd be wheat and tares. And the, the, the question was, well, okay, so there's wheat and there's weeds. We'll put it that way for our way we think about it. And should we pull the weeds up? And Jesus is like, no, you might pull the other ones up too. So wait until the end. I will take care of it. So Jesus told us there will always be true and false believers in the church. 
And I find it sad that in the American church, they almost always blame the pastor or say that the church did something wrong. Yet the Bible teaches very clearly there will always be defections from the faith. In any church, there will always be people who are very faithful. There will be people who are less faithful and there will be people who are completely faithless. And that's just the way that it's going to go. Now, can you move in between those three groups? Of course you can. And we hope people move from being faithless to being very faithful. And so following the Apostle Paul's example, uh, only gold and silver vessels are honorable, are faithful, and is only them that will remain in the house forever. Now he takes us into eternity. So we move from the church into eternity. The context here is the false teachers and, and probably false leaders in the church. And we tend to think of just bad churches, but in Ephesus and with Korah, with, with Ephesus, with Paul and Timothy, and, and with Korah, with Moses and Aaron, it was different. Now you think about Ephesus, they had the Apostle Paul as a pastor for a couple years. I mean, it can't get any better than that. I mean, I know you guys got the booby prize, but come on. They had the Apostle Paul. And, and so they had him for a while, and then they get his, his best. He sends his best guy there. He sends Timothy there. And so the, these, yet there's these false teachers and phony leaders that prop up inside the church. Now, if you look back at verse 18, he names them Hymenaeus and Philetus, Maybe it was issues with their names. Maybe they just people made fun of their names all the time growing up. And uh, two men in Ephesus. And do you remember what he, what he compared them to? Cancer and gangrene. How'd you like to have that, you know? People, you walk by people and they're like, oh, did you see cancer and gangrene just walk by? <laughs> Terrible, man. And they were turning away from Timothy and essentially turning away from God himself and today, there's a lot of people who do stuff like that, and you just have to look at where they end up. They, they usually end up going nowhere in their lives. And they, 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 a lot of times they walk away from the Lord, or they, they move on to another church, and they just bring their issues with them. Typically, they fail to grow, and uh, you know, they're, they're not used at all. They weren't used in the last church, they weren't used in the next church, and they're not the one after that. And uh, you know, sometimes I've told you before, sometimes I meet pastors and they're like, yeah, I had a couple people from your church come to my church, man. They were nothing but trouble. And I'm like, should have called me, bro. <laughs> I'd have told you, no problem. I'd have told you, be careful, get the body bags out, man, because they're gonna, they're gonna chase some people away from you. They're gonna, those guys are gonna chase some good people away from your church. And so you gotta be careful. So the Apostle Paul seems to be saying in church, there'll be good people and not so good people. There'll be good teachers and not good teachers. There'll be good, remember the word he used last week, last time, good workmen and bad workmen. And, but he's telling us to persevere in goodness. And that's one of the indicators that someone really belongs to the Lord. And here the terms are honorable and dishonorable, clean and unclean. So what is he saying? Timothy, no matter what happens, notice what's going on in the church, but you, Timothy, you, Bible reader, remain honorable and clean. 
do not get sucked into that. You don't want that to happen uh, at all. Then in verse 21, he, he provides hope. He says, therefore, if anyone, it's actually singular, cleanses himself from the latter. Uh, we might say something like this. You do not have to be led astray. But if you are, remember he said anyone who cleanses himself, but if you are, you can come back. And then look at the outcome. He says he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified or, or set apart and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. In other words, he says, you might get sucked into the, what's the impurity, but you can work at purifying yourself in both the way you live and what you believe and perhaps saying to Timothy, going back to 1 Timothy chapter three, live the life of an elder, which is really the life of a Christian. There's a few differences here and there maybe, but, but it is essentially the life of a Christian. But once again, this is very important to remember. And this is one that no matter where God takes you, please remember what I am about to say. Those who are not like this, those who do not want to purify themselves, love to take people with them. They absolutely love to take people with them. And it's one of the ways they validate themselves. They're like, look, people are following me. I'm doing okay. Now, this is, uh, the Apostle Paul was a church planter, and uh, a church planter is someone who starts a church. So, in a sense, I can relate to that and that because I am a quote-unquote church planter. Many of you know we had our first time, we had our Bible study, we had uh, seven people, five of them had my last name. And so, it was just, and uh, one of them's still here. And, and, we, it was, and it was a guy with a guitar. And so that, that's all it was when we, when we first started out. And uh, they say, and this has not been true for us, but they say that when you start a church, that don't expect to have anybody you start with in the first year to be there after five years, that they will all be gone. Now, we still have some people that are here since, since the beginning. And, um, and so, but, but, you know, it's been a while and so they'll leave within the first five years or when they stop growing. And so this happens, how? It happens to a lot of people who like the status quo and um, when they are not, as he says here, prepared for every good work. So they're not eager for every good work. So if you said to some of them, uh, you know, a lot of people that were here kind of at the beginning were like, well, too many people came here. And, 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 but yet, if you ask them at the beginning, do you want to see more people come? They would say yes. But then once they didn't have all the individualized attention from everybody, and it was not like, um, oh, here, can I get you a cup of coffee? It was like, hey, can you make the coffee, right? <laughs> once those things changed, they don't, that's not good for them. And, and to be honest, it's a sad thing to watch, to watch people who, you know, if you're a sports fan, you know, this, or a sports person, you know, some people talk a good game, but they don't play a very good game. And there are some people that talk a good game and then they fall away when it's game on. And they're the very people that, that the church is counting on to, to really bring us to a better place. 
And it's very easy to, to overlook the honor. And it is truly an honor that God gives all of us here to make yourself available for the work of the Lord. It's, a really, it's really an honor to serve the Lord. I mean, it's not like, it's not like God is, when, some, when one of us decides, well, I'm not gonna serve God anymore. It's not like heaven's freaking out. It's not like God's running around like, how did that happen? I didn't see that coming. Oh my goodness, right? That, that's, that's not that at all, you know? And, and so we wanna you know, really understand that God honors us by inviting us into serving in the kingdom and sadly, a lot of people will tell you they're unhappy with God's church, and most of them are really more so unhappy with themselves, but they don't ask, how can I help? That's not what, usually what they ask. Some people do, a lot of people do, but, but a lot of people don't. Why, don't. why don't people ask? I would say it's simply this, because it's a lot easier to be critical than constructive, isn't it? It takes no effort to be critical. You know, people come up to me sometimes, they go, I have a complaint about this church. And I always go, only one? I'm like, I have thousands. <laughs> right? And they're like, well, what are they? I go, I don't care. I mean, like, the, I don't know about how your brain works. My brain works like this. A complaint comes into my, or a bad idea comes into, or an, any idea comes into my head, and it's gone the next day. Like, I don't, like, I'm like, what was that I was upset about? I don't, I don't even remember. So I've learned, I guess, this part of getting older is like when I don't like something, I'm just like, well, just shut up and see if you care about it in 72 hours. And so, um, but the apostle, I mean, critics fail to see that essentially they have nothing to offer. Now, people who see stuff that's wrong and want to help fix the problem, that's, that's a goldmine. But people who just want to complain, well, to complain is to bring pain. We all know that, don't we? And so the Apostle Paul would say, Timothy, and this is really cold, man, those people are the cheap, unclean dish. They're the clay pots. They're the paper plates. They're the ones in the great house that are not going to be around, right? They're the ones when, when, when it comes time for the inheritance, the people are going to go, I don't want that. How about the gold plates? Yeah, baby, give me that. And so that's the, way it's going to, that's the way it's going to be. And so he's telling Timothy, beware of such associations because those people will ruin you and they will ruin your faith. Sadly, many people follow Hymenaeus and Philetus and, and those guys, they, they just will not depart from iniquity. They won't, the end of verse 19, they won't depart from the wickedness and what they're doing is they're messing with God's church. And, and what, they, what they depart from is Jesus and how God is preparing them to work in the kingdom of God. To, and, and so people go with them. So what are they doing? They're following Korah and his crowd. And they're just going to, you know, Jesus called them the blind leading the blind into a ditch. They're just, they're just going to end up in that ditch with, with Korah, okay? And, and they don't see, while these guys may appear to be leaders, they, they don't see that these guys are spiritually weak. They are hypocrites. And what they're doing is they're contaminating the hearts of the people. And that, could happen to, that can happen to any of us. Yet the grace of God... 
will enable you to change if you're willing to come clean, confess your sins, and leave the contaminators. So having explained some of these concepts to Timothy, the Apostle Paul now turns to a practical execution of these concepts. And what I love about the Apostle Paul is he's really, really good. Uh, not good, he is exceptional at mentoring us in what we should be. So he always talks about, you know, he's always, well, this is what God has done. Now, God's given you the grace of God. He's given you the opportunity to cleanse yourself. He will help you do that if you want to do that. And so he's, he's prepare, helping us prepare for the Christian life. And so this is how Timothy can avoid error himself. This is how Timothy can avoid, uh, this is how Timothy can be ready to rescue people trapped in error. And, because here's the reality of it all. A clean person can clean others. Okay, that actually can happen. Do you ever see, uh, I remember I lived in an apartment before I was married with my friends and we had a dishwasher. And essentially we had to wash the dishes before we put them in the dishwasher because the dishwasher was so bad. Because if you put them in with excess stuff on it, it just got all the dishes bad, right? Right. And so, but a, but a clean person can clean others. In other words, we are to pursue a, a, a very entirely different lifestyle than these false teachers and false leaders and these false followers. So he says this, verse 22, flee youthful lusts, some versions say passions, some say evil desires, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, same words he used in 1 Timothy 6.11, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, I think that's much better than just saying you should hang out with other people who believe, right? Much better. He's saying, he's saying you, should, you should be hanging out with people who are pursuing, actively pursuing righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on God with a pure heart. If you have your own Bible, I would invite you to take this verse and, and, and circle two words, flee and pursue. Flee and pursue. That will guide you into the reading of the next few verses. And so he starts with, with, a, with a, if you will, a strategy that we've talked about before that's easy to miss, consistent with his teaching of many, in many places in the New Testament. Basically, the Apostle Paul is going to remind Timothy and anybody who would be reading this letter, that would be us, okay, of the kind of person that God wants you and I to be morally. In other words, we don't want to be the people who just, okay, Jesus dies for our sins, and then we don't do anything with that. There's something we do with that. As, as the Lord is sanctifying us and we're growing more like, to be more like Jesus. So we often talk about the Apostle Paul's method of putting off and putting on. It's a, it's a strategy. It's a way to live. Basically, stop doing this and start doing this. Stop, just don't stop one thing, but start something else. Ephesians chapter four, verse 28, he tells these same Ephesians, let him who stole, 
some versions say, if, hey, if you're a thief, steal no longer, but rather let him labor. Some versions say, do honest work, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give who has him who has need. So what does he say? Put off stealing. Stop being a crook. Stop ripping people off, okay? And get out there and start working with your hands. Start doing something productive. Stealing, you're just stealing off of other people's productivity. Get out there and start with your own productivity and then don't just just do that. Go even a step further. Find someone who's in need and give them something that you have earned on your own to them and you will actually begin to experience the grace of God working in and through you. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.